Hey, Dr. Mike here. Are you feeling a little toxic? Stay tuned to find out how the body detoxes and what should be avoided in the first place. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish. I'm Dr. Mike, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Crystal Gossert. And today we're going to talk be talking about detox, but specifically we wanted to focus more on what? How do we want to say this, Dr. Crystal? Prevention of toxins getting in. I mean, is that kind of how we want to approach? Is that is that what we're really talking about today? Well, yes, we will definitely talk about how to avoid it in the first place and and as well as kind of give an overview of the process of detox. So this is kind of an an all in one. You're going to get a (laughs) A lot of stuff. (laughs) Two for the price of one. (laughs) Okay. So where do you want to start? Do you want to talk first about um, causes of um, toxins? And And I know um, we've, we've, we've touched on a lot of this before in various, uh, podcasts, right. But specifically the way you and I think about this, cause I think we think pretty similar, right. That it's, you know, it, it, things that come into your system, that's what we're trying to prevent. So we're talking about things you consume and the air that you breathe, right. Things you consume and the air that you breathe, right. Why not start there? That's probably the two best places to talk about detox prevention, right. Yes, and those are things that you can control. Now, of course, you have very little control over the pollution outside of your personal home. Right. Um, right. But, you know, indoor uh, toxins that we are exposed to due to some of the luxuries that we enjoy can be avoided. So it's kind of, we're, we're highlighting what steps you can take, what things are under your control when you're making decisions about what to eat, you know, how to prepare those foods, how you would store right. those foods. You know, those are things we have control over. Yeah. And so let's, let's get right into that. Right. So uh, most people in this country, they go to their local grocery store, right? Um, well, unfortunately, most people shop in the inner aisles, right? The boxes and the cans and the stuff like that. Um, but, you know, eventually we kind of make it to the outward aisles where some of the produce is and stuff. But a vast majority of people are probably not only picking the processed foods in the middle aisles, but they're probably going with conventional produce, right, in the in the um, outer aisles, um, what is right there, there's something we can, that's, that's something we can focus on, right? You can, you know, choosing organic when it's possible. We do recognize that the organic products are typically, you know, one, $2, uh, more expensive than the conventional items. And so when you can choose organic, we certainly encourage you to do that. One strategy is maybe, uh, going to the local farmer's market. So now you're supporting your local community as well as, you know, being able to find produce that are not heavily sprayed or maybe even plant your own garden. How about that? Grow some of your own food. There's an idea. I don't know if I ever told you this. I, you know, getting lost in, um, in YouTube land one day, you know how you go down these rabbit holes. Not sure why I was on YouTube. I ended up, though, 
watching a video of a guy who lives just in like suburbia America. I can't even remember where. And he cha- he took out all of his grass, which by the way is just water, water hogs, right? Um, waste a lot of water keeping grass green. He got rid of all of it and he planted gardens, tomatoes, produce, all in his front yard. That's fantastic, yeah. Dr. Mike. Yeah, and, it's and a great, so it's when a great you- story. When you start thinking, oh, it's so expensive, you know, some of the things, figure out what grows in your area and grow it yourself, save a whole lot of money. You can control, you know, what's being applied to those those crops. And hey, it's a win-win for everyone. Right. So let's talk a little bit then about uh, the Dirty Dozen, the Clean 15, because for people who are on a budget, you know, buying everything organic, all, you know, all organic produce may not be and may not be possible. Right. So this list of Dirty Dozen and and Clean 15 can help. Yes. And, you know, I we often give so much emphasis on the dirty ones. You know, these are the ones where testing has showed that they typically have the most pesticide residue after the fact, yeah. you know, more heavily sprayed. So that's the strawberries, the spinach, the kale. But what I would like to highlight, Dr. Mike, are the ones, I, this is going to be your list of things that don't worry about buying organic avocados. Save some money, don't, save some money right? Save yeah. some money. Don't buy the organic onions. Um, your asparagus doesn't have to be organic. Your broccoli doesn't necessarily have to be organic. Cabbage, cauliflower, you know, those are things that yeah, just just buy the conventional ones. Don't spend that extra three, four dollars for the organic cauliflower. Gotcha. Yeah. And I see eggplant is on your list. I love eggplant. Yes. I got some good recipes with eggplant, by the way. Good oh, stuff. nice. Yeah. You'll have to share those. Yeah. So clean 15. So if you're on a budget, can't afford everything um, organic, these are the things that you don't have to worry about. Go ahead and buy the conventional, save some money. Now, preparing food is just as important, right? It's it's not only picking the right food, the organic food, the clean, avoiding the dirty dozen, that kind of stuff. Um, preparing food can have an impact on toxicity, right? Absolutely. You know, especially if you're you are buying the conventional versions of the food, we know there will be more more pesticide residue. So then washing the produce properly. And there's no need, by the way, to use those fancy sprays, not Uh, necessary, Uh, just good water, uh, maybe using a, a vegetable or produce brush. So how you prepare it, meaning proper food safety practices, avoiding the cross-contamination, as well as what you prepare it in. Right. Now, this is a good one because most home chefs, home cooks, they rely on non-stick cookware, Dr. Crystal, but you don't like that. No, and you shouldn't either, Dr. (laughs) (laughs) Unless the cookware, I went down this rabbit hole several years ago, and I did find a nonstick set that was um, used ceramic as the coating. Okay. Now, so but that's here's okay. the problem. That oh. is okay, Dr. Mike, but they just don't hold up. I mean, within oh, a year, and I thought I found a pretty good brand. I'm not going to put them on blast, but within a year, it was scratching. I gotcha. did a no-no, which is something not to do is to use the sprays, like the oil sprays 
Oh. Uh, on, you're not supposed to use those because that can kind of destroy that coating. Using a fork if you're making eggs. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Right, yeah. So may, maybe the, the lifespan for you is more user error. Yes. Maybe we can't really blame that brand, Dr. Crystal. <laughs> but ceramic, yeah, so ceramic is a good way to go. Um, uh, what about, you know, I, I use my cast iron a lot. That should be okay, right? Yeah. So we as a home have switched over to cast iron everything, which is good for me because my iron's a little low. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's we have the cast iron steel. Yeah, so there's that like works. the stainless yeah. steel. Uh -huh. uh, cookware and uh, invest in a good set of wooden spoons. They work great, right? Yeah, you yes. don't need you don't need that hard metal grinding into your pots and pans, right? right. Lifting off what you know if you're using nonstick cookware and you're jamming in a metal you know spatula, that's just not good. Not that's good release, at all. That's going to release some of that the toxins you uh, you know you don't want. Cast iron. The only caveat there is you know sometimes iron levels in some people can go up, but that's. I think that's pretty rare. And if that happens, just, okay, go to the ceramic or something like that. Hey, what about storing food? Um, you go to your grocery store, go to that aisle where you can buy, you know, you know, different storage um, um, devices or whatever. It's full of plastic ones. Very true. So when you store it, store it in glass. Very simple. And when you're purchasing shelf items like your vinegar, Buy the vinegar in the glass, your olive oil, buy it in the glass. You know, if, if there are glass yeah. options of even some of your, you know, condiments and things like that, always think glass. That's, yeah. that's your better option. And it's not that much more expensive. Uh, glass, at least where I'm at, uh, my favorite grocery store around the corner, the glass versus the plastic. Okay, the, the glass is maybe a couple bucks more. It's, it's not significant. So, and, and it lasts a lot longer, period, right? I mean, mm -hmm. those plastic things get stained and yucky and it's just gross. So go, go with the glass when you can. Let's talk about air toxins. This is, you, you mentioned we can't control the outside, but we can definitely control the inside, the inside of our homes, apartments, what have you. Here's a stat that I don't know, I think will surprise people. Indoor pollution is two to five times higher than outdoor pollution. That's staggering staggering and some studies show up to a hundred times higher oh my god uh, so it, it gets really bad Jeez. when you start thinking about it um but you know when you look at some of the sources for indoor air pollution it's things it's some things we just very difficult to avoid for example we bought our home we have gas a gas stove a gas range gas oven yeah you know, we we did not take the time to try to switch that out. But yeah, your your gas combustible appliances, if you have a home where you're using a gas furnace, then those appliances will emit toxins in the air, carbon monoxide, methane, benzene, formaldehyde, all those. Jeez, <laughs> you're scared. no one's going to want to turn on their stoves anymore, Chris, Dr. Crystal. <laughs> well, you should think about what's being emitted when you do turn on your stoves hey. and, and try to get some ventilation going. Yeah, ven ventilation's big. But didn't you also say, there, and I, you sent me the study, I actually read it, where even if the stove is off, there still can be some 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 emissions of some of those toxins. It's right. 
it, you're absolutely right. That's the some of the latest and greatest, uh, latest and greatest <laughs> headlines yeah. that uh, really have a lot of your environmentalists um, alarmed. And I wouldn't be surprised, Dr. Mike, if pretty soon you will see big movements, maybe even some policies to try to get rid of the gla- uh, the gas. Yeah, appliances. I know. That's going to be a tough one because, you know, I watch the Food Channel. I follow my chefs. They love gas ovens and stoves. Uh, temperature control is big for them. So it's ah, going to be a tough one. Let's move on to carpet. Here's another stat that blew me away. Neurotoxins. You know, and toxins that are going to affect your your nerves, your brain cells, were present in more than ninety percent of carpet samples. Yes, very Jeez. very disturbing. Yes, uh, well, it's gosh. a lot of those glues that's used in the carpet making process, uh, and then of course, so that's part one. The the scarier part, or I guess maybe not scary, equally scary <laughs> part. <laughs> Is that the carpet is trapping pollutants, Ugh, I know, trapping dust yeah. mites, pet dander, cockroach allergens. Oof. Mold that's a lot of stuff. To, that's a lot of stuff to think about, Dr. Crystal. <laughs> it's too much sometimes to think about. So, you know, if you have an option, carpet, no carpet, go for no carpet. Maybe buy a throw rug, something that you can clean easily. That's yeah. going to be your better option. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hardwood, tile floors, uh, throw rugs, that's the best way to go. Um, you know, thank God the trend in the 1980s, which was to put carpet in bathrooms, ended. it. That's my gosh. Did you imagine that? <laughs> no. All right. Other things to think about cleaning products, you know, aerosol sprays. They release a lot of volatile organic compounds. You got to be careful with those. There are some that claim they're, they're volatile, compound-free. Uh, maybe, okay, do we trust the, that completely? Maybe, not so sure. Um, but, you know, just, just remember those cleaning products can contribute to chronic respiratory problems, allergies, headaches. I mean, that, you, listen, headaches is one of the number one reasons people go see their doctors. And how many doctors say, well, what kind of cleaning products are you using? Right. They're not saying that. Right. Uh, so, you know, just remember open your windows at least 30 minutes every day. If you're using cleaning products, if you just have to, even some of the natural ones, um, you should maybe consider gloves, a mask. We have lots of N95s around nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) We have plenty of masks to go around for everyone. (laughs) So put those masks to use whenever you're cleaning in your home. Now this one, this one blew me away. Furniture. You were you taught me. I I didn't know this, but it, now that I now that I think about the process of making some of the the fake wood furniture, you know, wood that's basically you know um, layered together, um, compressed. Right. It's yes. not solid wood. It's wood particles. Right. Mm-hmm. They put it together. They press it, but they those layers have to be held together with glue. Yes. And that it's- glue. Has formaldehyde, for example. Oh yes, I mean that's a part of of that uh, that process, and it is very toxic, and you can smell it. Some of us like that smell, Doctor Mike. <laughs> <laughs> like some people like the smell of gasoline, right? There's some weird, whatever. right? But it's kind of that new car smell. That's the yeah. same thing. That carpet in the car. New car smell 
is not good for you. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's not good for you. Yeah. So you want to buy solid wood furniture, I guess is what it comes down to. Yes. Solid yeah. wood furniture or gently used furniture. Um, and, and that's a, those are a couple of options. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so that, so this first part right here was just really about thinking about your, your lifestyle, how you're living, your inside, well, really your, 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 um, the food you're buying and inside your home. Again, there's not much we can do about the outside pollution, but there are things we can do about things that we bring into our system, food that we consume, liquids that we drink, and of course our indoor air quality. So right there is a, is a big step really towards detox. You're preventing toxins from getting in. Um, but I thought maybe what we could do now, Dr. Crystal, um, is just to reiterate what detox really is in the body. Can you run through, because we, we've gone through this in a Life Extension Live. I, th- I think, have we talked about this in, in, in other podcasts? But what I'd like for you to do is to help people understand about the phases of detox. And, what it, when, and if you're going to do a detox program, you really need to do something that targets all three phases. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So the first phase is really about transformation by enzymes found in the liver. We call that the first pass effect. Um, The second phase is kind of, oh, and just to go back, this first phase is really about making some of those fat soluble toxins a little more water soluble. Phase two kind of takes that process to the next level helping to convert some of the the products from phase one, which can be more toxic than the original thing that the body was trying to detox. So kind of converting that into less toxic versions, into versions that the body can actually transport out. And that's what phase three is really all about, is now the body transporting those previous toxins out of the body for elimination. So it's just important to understand that there are three phases. You don't want to overactivate one particular phase when you're doing a detox diet or or taking nutrients to help with the detox process. Um, So we can, you know, Dr. Mike, if you'd like, we can go through some of kind of those key nutrients, just a, a couple of key nutrients. Yeah, sure. So I'll take phase one, right? So phase one, again, that's, you know, turning them into more water soluble um, components. Um, Liver health is important here. So, so probiotics, gut health, actually probiotics is a good place to start period, right? That that's helpful to the liver, helpful to the gut. You also might think of selenium important to phase one, um, um, toxic, uh, anti, or what's the word, um, detoxification, and then also protein. Keep, keep keep in mind, we want to make sure we're increasing our protein because proteins are enzymes and there's a lot of enzymes in, in the phase one process. You take phase two. Phase two, this is all about the garlic, the onions, those sulfur nutrients, cruciferous vegetables like your broccoli, your cauliflower, your cabbage. Those can help with phase two. Nutrients like NAC, N-acetylcysteine, yeah. you're hearing a lot about that. That helps with phase two. Uh, calcium deglucurate is one of my favorite phase two nutrients as well that just helps to neutralize those toxins. Phase three is the elimination process, right? So this is out the bile and the bowel versus, or, or I shouldn't say versus, and or the kidneys. Um, this and the Number one here is Dr. Crystal's absolute, she loves a lot of nutrients, as you can tell. 
She said, I mean, I don't know how many times you say you love a nutrient. You've probably said that a thousand times on this show. Yes. So she loves a thousand nutrients, but the big one that I would say it's at the top of your list, fiber. 100%. That fiber, is going fiber, to fiber. help to get those toxins out, help you have good bowel movements, add that yeah. fiber with water, you'll yeah. be in good shape. Sometimes people ask, okay, insoluble fibers versus soluble fibers. I think a combination is probably best. Um, uh, however, you know, the, what's nice about soluble fibers is they can actually trap things and, and, and move them on out. So, but, but probably a good all around fiber that has both, I think, insoluble and soluble. Uh, you want to think about kidney support. Um, you know, there's, there's different things there. Just good hydration. Artichoke is really good for bioflow, right? Yes. Apple polyphenols, broccoli. These are all good for stimulating phase three proteins. And then of course, chlorophyllin, stuff that makes nature green, right? Chlorophyllin can be very powerful in phase three. So there you have it. Phase one, phase two, phase three. It's important to address all three phases um, when you are thinking about detoxing, but then back it up, back it up, right? Think about prevention first, right? Prevention is always the easiest thing to do. So think about the food, think about your air, and hopefully we gave you some good information today. Dr. Crystal, thanks for joining me. Hey, don't forget at liveforeverish.com, there's a ton of podcasts that you can download, listen to, like, share, comment, and of course, subscribe so you never miss a show. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.